सन्नो मित्र संवरुण सन्नो भवत्मांद्रो बृहस्पति सन्नो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायमे प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मसी प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्यामि सत्यं वदिष्यामि तन्मामवतो वक्तारमवतो अवतु मां अवतु वक्तारम
मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योम व्याप्त देहाय दक्षिणा मूर्त अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांग मनस गोचरम अवांग मनस गोचरम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्ट सिद्धये आश्रये भीष्ट सिद्धये अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अतीतद्वैत भानतः अतीतद्वैत भानतः गुरूनाराध्य वेदांत गुरूनाराध्य वेदांत सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे सारं वक्ष्ये यथामदे इदमेव तुरीयं शुद्धचैतन्यं अज्ञानादि तदुपहितचैतन्याभ्यां तप्तायिंडवत अविवक्त सत् महावाक्य वाच्यं विवक्त सत् लक्ष्यमित उच्यते पैसेज फिफ्टी हाउ वट इज नोन इज तुरीयं अथ फोर्थ शुद्धचैतन्यं दट इज प्योर अवेरनेस द फर्स्ट थ्री आर वॉट यू कॉल कंडीशन अवेरनेस And the fourth is unconditioned awareness. That's the only difference. The waker is also conditioned self, conditioned by the role of being a waker, and associated with the state of waking. The dreamer also is conditioned self, conditioned by the role of being a dreamer, associated with what we call the subtle body. The deep sleeper also is a conditioned self, conditioned by the role of what we call sleeper. associated with the upadhi of ignorance but the same self it is it's not that the self is different at any time it's always turiyam the shuddha chaitanyam pure awareness alone is nothing else is except that it is thought of differently like the crystal we thought of red and yellow and blue with reference to these three kinds of notions or conclusion that we have about the crystal we may say that the crystal is fourth colorless like a person is thought of as a beggar or a minister or or whatever a priest and with reference to this rose three roses we may call him fourth so also the atma or the self is thought of as a waker dreamer a deep sleeper vishwa tayasa pragnya and with reference to these three conclusions that we have we say that atma the self is fourth he is not fourth he alone is a waker he alone is a dreamer he alone is a deep sleeper and he alone even when he is waker dreamer and deep sleeper still shuddha chaitanyam pure awareness is however when we do not we are not able to discriminate between the upahita the upadhi and the upahita upadhi that which conditions upahita the one who is conditioned 
We do not distinguish between them. Like the iron and fire. The fire is conditioned by iron. Iron has round shape and fire, even though it is shapeless, still seems to have acquired a certain kind of a shape. Thus the fire is conditioned by the iron. And we not knowing the distinction between the two, we may take both of them as one entity and similarly also the self is conditioned by the body. It seems to have acquired a form. Self is as though has a certain height and weight and whatever it is. It is characterized by a man or a woman and whatever. So this is the conditioning of the self on account of the body and not being able to distinguish between the self who is pure, unconnected and this body which is what we call upadi, the limited adjunct, limiting adjunct we say that the self is the waker. He is a man, woman, tall, short, etc. Again that is what we call the mind which is also another conditioning factor and conditioned by that the self comes to be called happy and happy, whatever. So not being able to distinguish between the self who is conditioned and the conditioning factors, we take them to be one entity as man, happy, intelligent, successful, etc. So that becomes what we call vachyartha, the immediate meaning of the pronoun you. When the teacher says you are that, what is the immediate meaning? You is the individual self. But when the discrimination is performed, then we realize that in you, that there is a lumping of the two factors, and when the non-self is separated from the self, that separation is not physical. It, is, it cannot, that separation of the self and non-self cannot be accomplished by some kind of an action. That you do something within or without by which the self is separated. People sometimes report that I left my body and I was standing there, you know, and watching everything. Is it the separation of self and non-self? No, no. That only, if at all such a thing is true, we only have to say that the subtle body departs from the gross body and watches it. Even that also is very difficult to accept. Because the subtle body is not there, this body cannot be alive. This body will immediately die. Anyway, but when people report of having left this body and being standing in the air and then watching the surgeons performing the surgery upon my own body, you know, things of this sort, that is not the kind of separation of the self and non-self that we mean. Because can you separate space from part? It is like separation of space from the part. Or separation of gold from the ornament. Can you do that? Is it a physical process? It's not a physical process. To know that the space is ever separated from the part. To know that the space is never conditioned by the part. Space ever remains unconnected, it's pure, formless. Whether part is or part is not, that knowledge really is a separation of space from the part. So you cannot separate space from the part. Where will you take the space away? Like part space saying, I, saying you know, I, I, I left the part and was staying in some place. But can the space leave? Where will it go? Space is everywhere. There's nowhere the space can go. So the part space says to us, I left the part, I was standing away, and then I was looking at the part and watching what was happening there. <laughs> that is not possible. Similarly also, it is not possible for the self to go any place because he alone is everything, he is all pervasive, there is nowhere he is not. 
Sabhumim Vishwatovartva, he pervades the entire creation in time, place and objectivity. So separation that we are talking about is separation in the mind. Like separation of an actor from his role. <coughs> you don't have to pull out his role in order to recognize the actor. You recognize the, the essential characteristics of the actor in spite of the role, in spite of the costume that he's wearing. And similarly also, to recognize the self in spite of the non-self. To recognize the self as pure in spite of the non-self, meaning in spite of the body, in spite of the mind, in spite of the waking, and in spite of all the experiences, and in and through the experiences to recognize the self as Shuddha Chaitanyam, pure awareness, is a kind of viveka or discrimination that we are talking about. Therefore, discrimination or viveka is seeing and not doing. So all the time we hear that we are talking about knowledge and not action. Action will bring about some kind of a situation which is what we call experience. But we are talking about seeing the way things are. So it is not even, it is not that we have to make the self pure. It is already pure. It is not that we have to separate it from the non-self. It is already separate. So to recognize the fact is called Viveka, discriminative knowledge. And when that is done, then one recognizes that the true meaning of the pronoun I is not this body-mind, it is pure awareness. That is called Lakshyasa, the implied meaning or the ultimate meaning. In fact, the real meaning. But we call it implied meaning because we think that the real meaning is what we know, that the pronoun I means this individual, that's why it is called Lakshyartha, Vachyartha, the immediate meaning. Lakshyartha, implied meaning is that I is Shuddha Chaitanyam. <coughs> Thus it has been shown how Chaitanyam, pure awareness or Brahman or Turiyam is Jagat Karanam. It is the cause of the creation. And now, the question is, how did this creation come about? What is the sequence of creation? It has been said here that Turiyam, Shuddha Chaitanyam, pure awareness is, is a substratum. Like the rope is the substratum of the snake. And so it has been said that the self is the substratum, Brahman is the substratum of the whole creation. So, the Shuddha Chaitanyam or pure awareness is the Jagat Karanam, cause of the creation. Of course, there can be several questions. How can there be, how can the Shuddha Chaitanyam, the pure awareness, so prakasa, self-effulgent of the nature of awareness, so how self such as that, how can it become limited? How can it become dull? How is it possible that the self who is self-effulgent, all-pervasive, limitless. How does it seem to have become limited, dull? Dull in mean limited in intellect, limited in knowledge, in every way limited. How is it possible? Or, how can it be that the self who is unconnected in any way, how can it become even the cause of the creation? Because cause, such as clay, we know, undergoes modification to become the effect, namely parts. So as we understand the word cause, cause is that which undergoes a transformation to become the effects. 
for the pots to be made from clay, that lump of clay must necessarily go some kind of a transformation in order to become the pot. But here you are saying that the pure awareness is changeless, free from any modifications. How can it become the, how can it become the, or how can it be the cause of this creation? For it to become cause, for anything to become cause, some kind of a change or modification is definitely expected. Cause is to undergo some modification, some change, some transformation in order for the effect to come out. So, both the kinds of causes. There are two kinds of causes. One is what we call the material cause, other is the efficient cause. And for a product such as pot, clay is a material cause, and the kulala, the pot maker, is the efficient cause. So in the process of making the pot, that lump of clay undergoes a transformation, assumes another form, etc., and therefore the material cause is that which undergoes transformation. An efficient cause also is the one wherein also some kind of a creative process, etc., effort is involved. On the part of what we call the efficient cause, the pot maker also, an effort is involved. He requires the help of certain tools and certain gadgets, he requires the potter's wheel, etc. So, he requires hands and, and whatever, and with the help of which he can create. So, even the efficient cause as we know of, also requires help of some factors other than himself or other than the self for being able to create. So, usually when we think of God as the cause of creation, we think of a pot maker, a typical creator. So we think of a pot maker who is the creator of the pot and we imagine that Lord also is the creator in this manner. Therefore he also must have had clay or some kind of a substance from which he formed this whole universe. And that he must have just as a pot maker also then has a certain purpose in creating the pot. So also God must have a certain purpose in creating this creation, creating this universe. So these questions therefore arise in our mind. That you say that Shuddha, the self is Shuddha Chaitanyam, pure awareness. Cannot undergo a modification. So it cannot become what we call the material cause. How did it become the material cause? How does it become the efficient cause? How does it become Jagat Karanam, the cause of the creation? <coughs> In fact, therefore, there is a big contradiction right to begin with. Brahman was said to be Jagat Karanam. Brahma is Jagat Karanam, the cause of creation. Atma is self. That also does not make self sense that the self is Shuddha Chaitanya, the pure awareness that he should experience the sense of limitation, experience all the limitations of knowledge, etc. That doesn't make sense. On the other hand, it also doesn't make sense that Brahman, again, which is pure awareness, can become the cause of creation because there is no need why the creation should be. And what way cause is, Brahman is cause connected with the Jagat or the creation. In what way is it is connected? It is unconnected, asanga. Udasina, uninterested or disinterested because it is complete. And therefore, there is no way that we can see the association of Brahman, the Jagat Karanam, with Jagat or the universe. We cannot see how Brahman can be creator. We cannot see how Brahman can be sustainer or dissolver or anything. We cannot see how Brahman can be material cause or the efficient cause. And therefore, these things do not get, you know, it is very difficult to reconcile. 
how can the limitless become the cause of the limited? The creation is limited in time, place and, and objectivity conditions. How can Brahman that is beyond all limitations, how can it become the cause of this creation which is limited? These things do not make sense. And therefore, to enable us to make some sense in the whole thing, is also a prakriya, is also a model. Ignorance, understanding is also a model, really speaking. Ignorance also is a model. An excellent model which will explain us. And therefore, now that nature of ignorance is further explained here, in order to reconcile with these contradictions that we, that we face, namely, how to understand the Shuddha Chaitanyam pure awareness as the limited being, or how to understand Brahman again Shuddha Chaitanyam as the cause of the creation. To be able to explain these contradictions is now the discussion of Agnanam, ignorance. <coughs> Says now in passage 51, page 37, Asya Agnanasya Avarana Vikshepa Namakam Asti Shakti Dvayam Asya Agnanasya Avarana Vikshepa Namakam Asti Shakti Dvayam so all these terms and the concepts are derived from the statements of Upanishads. In the Upanishad you will not find these words Avarana, Vikshepa, etc. that we, we, have, we find here in the Vedantic text. But in the manner in which the Upanishad describes this creation, gives us a whole story of creation, we can see that these ideas or concepts being contained there. So what is implied by the Upanishad or what is understood when we contemplate upon the meaning of the Upanishadic statement is expressed here in clear terms, the terms in which we can understand. Says Asya Jnanasya of this ignorance. Which ignorance? That ignorance which has been described so far, which is what we call the Samasti, the aggregate and which is the vyasti or the individual and that becomes upadi, the conditioning element of this ignorance asti, that is shakti dvayam there is a twofold power this ignorance has twofold power imagine ignorance is power ignorance itself is power you must say so ignorance is a very powerful thing shakti dvayam, it is twofold power what is twofold power? avarana Vikshepa Namakam, Namakam, what is known as, or what is named as, Avarana. Avaranam, veiling, concealing. And Vikshepa, projecting, superimposing. So this ignorance has twofold power. Avaranam, veiling or concealing, and Vikshepa, projecting, creating or superimposing. <coughs> And that is being explained here further. What is Avaranam? Satchidananda Swarupam Avaranodadi Avana Shaktihi Brahmadi Sthavarandam Jagad 
जलबुद्बुदवत नाम रूपात्मक विक्षिपदी सृजती विक्षेप शक्ति शक्ति अज्ञान आवरण मीनिंग वेलिंग और कंसीलिंग वॉट इग्नोरेंस डज इज इट कंसील्स द ट्रू नेचर ऑफ थिंग एंड वॉट इट फर्दर डज इज इट प्रोजेक्ट समथिंग विच इज नॉट दैर टेक द केस ऑफ अवर फेमिलियर एग्जाम्पल ऑफ रोप एंड स्नेक आवरणम दैट इज वॉट वी कॉल द वेलिंग सो इग्नोरेंस ऑफ द रोप वी सेड इज द कॉज ऑफ द स्नेक इग्नोरेंस ऑफ द रोप इज द कॉज ऑफ द स्नेक यू कैन से द रोप इज द कॉज ऑफ द स्नेक रियली इग्नोरेंस कैन वी डायरेक्टली सेड टू बी द कॉज ऑफ द स्नेक बिकॉज if you see if you look at the rope in the broad daylight then there is no projection of snake and never only when the rope is not known then alone we find the projection of snake and never it is ignorance of the rope this ignorance of the rope has two aspects one is it veils or conceals the true nature of the, the object that this is a rope so ignorance conceals the true nature of the object that it is rope this is called avaranam veiling and secondly what it does is it projects there a snake which is not there so first of all veiling the true nature of the reality and secondly projecting upon the reality what is not there in this case projection of the snake or creation of the snake that is called the vikshepa shakti the projecting power or the creative power and only when both of these shaktis or both of these powers are functioning that we have this misapprehension or the superimposition of the snake we discussed the other day that the ignorance does not completely veil the rope the avarna shakti or the veiling power veils only what we call the particular aspect or the specific aspect of the object rope but what we call the general aspect the very existence of the rope or the shining of the rope is not veiled rope is rope shines and rope is rope the ignorance of the rope does not conceal the is the is is there is not concealed shines also is there that is also not concealed but the name and form this rope is concealed so ignorance does not conceal the asti bhati and priyam we say that every object has this five aspects asti that it is bhati that it shines priyam that it has usefulness or whatever it is a name and it is a form so name and form are what we call the particular aspects so this object called the rope has a peculiarity of ropeness now the ignorance does not veil the rope completely we are not talking of ignorance in terms of pitch darkness where even the very existence of rope is concealed when that happens then there is no scope of any projection we are talking of semi darkness condition not pitch darkness in the pitch dark condition even the very existence of rope would have been concealed in pitch dark even the rope does not reveal itself though rope does not shine and so asti and bhati the existence and shining of the rope compare also the general aspect of rope also would have been concealed in which case 
there would have been no projection. So we are talking of a very peculiar condition, what we call semi-dark condition, where the asti and the bhati, that rope is, that something is and something shines, that is evident. But the name and form, namely, that it is rope, that part is veil. And then alone the projection is possible. In the broad daylight, asti, bhati, as well as name and form, all of them are evident, therefore there is no projection. In the pitch darkness condition, that asti, bhati are also completely veiled and therefore there is no projection. In the semi-darkness condition where the asti, bhati, that it is and it shines, that is not veiled, and that it is rope, that aspect is veiled, then we have the projection of snake. So what Avarana does is, it veils what we call the particular aspect of the object, and there creates a projection of something contrary to it. In case of self also, the ignorance of the self does not veil the fact that I am. I'm not, in deep sleep even, that is also veiled. In deep sleep, even that aspect also is veiled and therefore there is no projection, understand? In the waking and dream states, that I am is known to me, that I am conscious or I shine also is known to me, but that I am Satchidananda, that I am existence, awareness, fullness, that particular aspect of I is not known and therefore the projection power comes into picture and it projects what we call ego or the sense of individuality. So this should be understood very well, that a thing is known generally but not known particularly. That the particular aspect of something is veiled, not the general aspect, then no dhyasa or adhyaropa or superimposition is possible. In case of the self also, that I am is known to me, that I shine also is known to me. But that I am Satchit Ananda, existence, awareness, fullness, that is my real, the Visheshiknyanam or the true specific knowledge is not there and that is where comes the projection of what we call ego or the sense of individuality. So ego or the sense of individuality is in the place of snake, is like snake. And Atma, Satchidananda is comparable to rope. <coughs> Satchidananda Surabhum Avranodidi Avrana Shaktihi. That Avrana Shakti, the veiling power, conceals my nature as that I am pure existence, that I am awareness, and that I am fullness, this is veiled. <coughs> and similarly also, it veils that are the true nature of, of Brahman, the reality. That reality is also Satyam, Jnana Manantam Brahma. That Brahman is existence, awareness, fullness, that is also veiled. Brahma is thavarantam jagat jalabudbudavat navarupatpakam vikshipati. And then, just as upon the water, there is a projection of the waves. Upon the water, we have projection of waves and bubbles and foam and stuff like that. So also, on Brahman, we have the projection of this whole creation of name and form. So this is what ignorance does. It weighs the true nature of Brahman and then it projects upon that this creation of name and form. This is the two aspects of ignorance, Koshakti Dvayam, the two powers. <coughs> That's why they say that ignorance is bliss. If you did not know anything at all, 
if Brahman was not evident at all, or if Atma is not known at all, then there is no problem. As in deep sleep, there is no problem. Where even that I am also is not known to me. Therefore, there is no scope of projection. In deep sleep, the creation is not known at all. Therefore, there is no scope of projection. In fact, what we are perceiving, what we are experiencing, nothing but Brahman. That alone is. But not knowing that, our mind projects upon Brahman, this whole universe of names and forms, and this is the, the power of ignorance. Very powerful thing. Ignorance is power. It is rope is created by ignorance. The rope is a created And then it creates fear and it creates all kinds of reactions from me. All of these are products of ignorance. So ignorance is a very powerful thing. All the power is power of ignorance. <coughs> Therefore it is said, Agnana asya agnana asya avarana vikshepanamakam asti shakti dvayam. Of this ignorance, such as they, of the ignorance such as this, there is shakti dvayam, twofold power, or avarana and vikshepa, veiling or concealing and projection. Projection or superimposition or sometimes called misapprehension. Non-apprehension and misapprehension. Veiling and projection. Concealing and superimposition. So these are the terms that are employed to translate avarana and vikshepa. <coughs> then continuing further. Then Parichinnasya Prakasha Chitrupa Khanda Paripuna Survasyatmana Parichinena Anityena Jadatama Rupena Avyabakena Agnana Shakti Visheshana Kathamavanam Vidyashankya A question is asked here that how again Atma or Brahman which is which is limitless which is all pervasing self-effulgent and complete Brahman that such as that, how can it be veiled by ignorance? Ignorance is limited in as much as it is, it is limited uh, because its scope is limited to creation of time, place, etc. And therefore, ignorance is something very limited and what it conceals the self is limitless. How can ignorance that is limited conceal the self that is limitless? How does that veiling happen? How does the self who is limitless and self-effulgent, how does ignorance manage to conceal that? So that is being explained with an illustration here in the next passage. Avarna shakti tavata alpopi megaha anekayojana Ayatam Aditya Mandalam Avalokaitra Nayanapatha Pidhayakataya Yatha Achayadaiti Iva Tatha Agnanam Parichinnamapi Atmanam Aparichinam Asamsarinam 
अवलोकयत्रुद्धिधायकतया आच्छादयतीदृशर्थ्यम तदुक्त घनछन्नदृष्टि घनछन्नमर्क यहाम चातिमूढ़ तथाबद्धवद्भादृष्टे स निपलब्धि Okay, this is being explained. How the self that is limitless, how can ignorance which is limited, how can it conceal the self that is limitless? That is being explained here. Avarna shakti hitavat. Now to take the avarna shakti or the veiling power. It is said that ignorance is twofold power: the veiling and projection. Then now to explain the veiling power, alpobi megha. Megha means a cloud. Alpha cloud is small in dimension. A patch of cloud which is small. Alpha small. Anekayojanat, anekayojanayatam, aritthamandalam. अवलोकयत्रु नयन पथ पिधायकतायथाचादेदीवे So the sun, which has, which is thousands of mile in diameter, is veiled or concealed by a small patch of cloud. Not that the cloud conceals the sun, but what does the cloud do? Cloud merely conceals. Avalokayetru nayana pasa pithaikadaya. It only conceals the the sight, you know, the drasti or the vision of the the watch, the the seer. The spectator. So all that the cloud does it obstructs the vision of the one who is seeing. The cloud does not conceal the sun; it merely obstructs my vision. That's all it does. But the effect is the same. Effect is as though the sun is concealed. So just as the cloud merely obstructs my vision and manages to create the effect of concealing the sun. So the text is achayadeva, as though it conceals the sun. Eva means as though it does not really conceal the sun because patch of cloud is insignificant compared to thousands of miles of the diameter of the sun. But it all it does is it obstructs my vision and thus effectively conceals the sun. The effect is the same, whether my eyes are closed or the world is veiled from me. You know the famous example that one king. In order to be saved from um, pebbles and thorns while walking, ordered that let the whole kingdom be covered with leather, you know, so that he'll be saved from any kind of injury. Then somebody suggested, why cover the whole earth with leather? 
why not you wear a pair of shoes? That's how one of the shoes were invented, you know. So, you, that, the effect is the same. Similarly also, whether the whole sun is covered by the cloud or our eyes are obstructed, the effect is the same. So how? That's the reason why. Even when one does not see the sun, somebody else can see. Even when you and I standing here are not able to see the sun, somewhere else the very sun is visible because the patch of cloud has only a limited dimension. Similarly also, when one is ignorant of the self, somebody else can be, not, you know, enlightened with an, as far as self is concerned because self ignorance has a limited scope. So this is a very beautiful illustration to explain how ignorance, which is limited in scope in every way, how it can conceal the self, which is limitless in every way. Tatha <coughs> ajnanam parichinnam api tatha, in the same manner, ajnanam ignorance, parichinnam api, even though it is limited. We call ignorance is limited only because the products of ignorance are limited. Really speaking, ignorance is not limited in time because time is a product of ignorance. It is not limited in space because space is product of ignorance. So, ignor- in sense of limitation of time and space, ignorance is not limited in time and space in that way. Ignorance here also means maya, which projects the, the, the notions of time and space. But still we call it limited in as much as it can be, it can be falsified or it can be dispelled by knowledge. Ignorance is that which can be dispelled by knowledge. Whereas Atma or the Self cannot be dispelled by knowledge. So therefore we say that ignorance is limited because it can be dispelled, that's all. So even though it may not be limited with reference to time, etc., it is still limited because it can be dispelled. So this ignorance which can be dispelled by knowledge, how can it veil the Self? Just as the cloud veils the sun. The veiling is by veiling the the, by obstructing the vision of the spectator, tathāgnānam, similarly ignorance also, parichinamapi, even though it is limited in that sense, ātmānam aparichinnam, ātmā the self is aparichinna, limitless, free from all parichinna or limitations, asamsārinam, ātmā is asamsāri, non-samsāri, meaning free from samsāra, free from birth and death and limitation, avalokaitra buddhi vidhāyakataya achadaitiva, that Atma is veiled from or the frail because ignorance obstructs the my viveka buddhi. Agnyane na vrtam jnanam tena muhyandi jantavaha. All that the ignorance does is it veils our discriminative mind. It veils our own intellect and creates all kinds of projections, all kinds of complexes, all kinds of notions in our mind. So this is the power of ignorance. It veils the true nature of the self and it creates all kinds of notions about the self, all kinds of complexes about the self. Even if you did not know the self, it would have been all right. What is the samsara is a complex. The notions. I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm white, I'm black, I'm tall, I'm short, I'm intelligent, I'm dull, I'm smart. This is samsara. And this is what we call vikshepa or projection. So, this projection is created by ignorance. Tadrusam <coughs> samarthyam. So, that is the power of concealment. Such is the power of concealment. Taduktam. In support of this view, the author quotes here from a famous text called, well, from a text called Hastamalakiya. Shankaracharya 
had four principles. Well, he must have many disciples for whatever reason. The four disciples have become very famous of Sankaracharya. Sankaracharya must have many disciples, but four have become very famous, of which Hastamalaka is one of them. And he has written a stotra, he has written uh, a poem, you might say, or a work called Hastamalakya, consisting of some twelve verses. It is said that this boy, Hastamalaka, his name was something else when he was a child, and even if he was born, he just would not talk. He appeared to be very healthy and appeared to be very intelligent. But he just would not talk, would not participate, would not do anything. So his parents were naturally concerned. Not communicate. So it seems that Shankaracharya in his travels once happened to go to that place and the parents brought the child to Shankaracharya and saying that Please place your hand on his head so that the child would improve. Something would happen to him. This is very customary in India. That people have a lot of faith in, in, in sadhus and mahatmas. And so they expect some kind of a favor. So similarly, these parents must have brought the child. And Shankaracharya saw the child and saw something in him. And asked him, who are you? The child who had never talked so far started talking already. All of a sudden... He says, I am not a brahmachari, I am not a boy, I am not a man, I am not a woman, I am not this, I am not that. Then who am I? Nityopalabdhis Swarupohamatma. I am the self which is ever self-effulgent and which is, which is free and effulgent self I am. That's how he declared. And Shankaracharya was flabbergasted listening to this answer and then told the parents that, you please give child, this child to me, you know, because then... He came to know the history that in the pre-past birth, this child used to be a great yogi and an enlightened person and something happened there and that's why he had to be born as a child. Anyway, that's the story. There's always a story about everything. That this, this great yogi in the past birth, he must have been sitting on the bank of a river, it seems, meditation. And one woman came with a small child and she wanted to go to take bath in that river. But... The small child was there and she was concerned about the safety of the child. So she came to this yogi who was meditating here and requested him, Would you kindly look after this child while I take my bath? He says, Okay. The child was left there. Maybe two-year-old child. And the yogi again went to this meditation. And the child uh, crowded <coughs> to where the mother was and wanted to meet, wanted to go to the mother and ultimately entered the water and got swept away. Mother saw this and she was shocked, she started screaming and this person woke up and then this mother accused, I I left the child uh, to your care, you've been negligent, you must bring my child back. So the child's body was brought all right and was kept there at the feet of the yogi. He says, you must bring this child back to life or you must do something. And so this yogi, he felt obliged. And it, say, it is said that he entered, you know, the, uh, the body of this child. And from then on he learned the lesson not to get involved in life. And therefore he did not talk. So that is why 
he was a jada he was a, a, a person who was who acted like one who is uh, what should, what do you say uh, as as um, as uh, huh no he acted as a one who is uh, uh, disabled or uh, retarded rather you know that's how he acted for the whole of his life he was a wise person but knew that if you get involved in life you'll get trapped in there somehow anyway when shankaracharya came then he answered knowing fully well that this is a teacher and he gave this answer to shankaracharya in 12 verses which work is known as hasta malakiya and one of the verse from that is quoted here he said ganachanna drishtir ganachanna markam yathamanyate nishprabham chati mudah tatha baddhavat bhatiyo mudah drishtih ृष्टिस्ट्रक्टेडिस्ट्रक्टेड is obstructed by a cloud thinks that the sun is obstructed see what do we say the sun is not shining or sun is not visible or the sun is is concealed by the cloud so person whose sight or vision is obstructed by the cloud thinks that the sun is concealed by the cloud nishprabham cha and also thinks that the sun has become dull it is own eyesight you know which is obstructed therefore he is not able to receive the full light of the sun but he thinks that the sun is concealed by the cloud or sun has become dull when when there is fog for example then we feel that today it is hazy the sun is hazy that's how we say sun is not hazy our sight is hazy sun is shining in its full light but then the person whose sight is obstructed by the fog etc thinks that the sun has become hazy or dull or by the one whose sight is obstructed by the cloud thinks that the sun is veiled by the cloud that's it it's a matter of conclusion tathabaddhavad bhadiyo mood drushtehi and similarly also the very same self self baddhavad bhadi who appears to be as though bound by mood drushti one whose drushti or the this vision meaning one whose intellect is is veiled by ignorance by moha thinks that the self is bound so self which is taken to be bound and limited by an that self which is taken to be bound and limited by an ignorant person that self i am <clears throat> who is itself sanityopalabdhis swarupo ham atma so atma that self nityopalabdhis swarupa hai upalabdhi means knowledge that which is ever shining and ever refulgent self like the sun is ever shining and ever refulgent and still taken by an ignorant person as dull ever shining and ever refulgent and still taken by an ignorant person as veiled so also the atma is ever shining nityopalabdhi swarupa hai one who is ever shining of the nature of knowledge that atma is taken as dull as limited by an, by by an ignorant person or is taken to be bound by an ignorant person so that self refulgent changeless eternal self which is taken is bound and limited by an ignorant person that limitless self i am this is answering shankaracharya who are you then he says i am the self what self 
Of the seer or the viewer that is obstructed by the cloud or by the patch of ignorance. Not the self is concealed by ignorance, but the, our vision is concealed by ignorance. That is why the verse is Adnyana Tamirandasya, Jnana Anjana Shalakaya, Chakshurun Militamyena, Tasmay Sri Guravenamaha. Salutation to this Guru, salutation to the teacher who has removed that veil of ignorance, like that our eyes are obstructed by cataract. And how we are not able to see, and how the doctor or surgeon removes just that cataract, and our vision is again, you know, we regain the vision. Similarly, also my mind's eye, uh, mind's eyes, are covered by the veil of ignorance. And what does the guru do? He removes that veil of ignorance, and thus I am able to see the things as they are. So, guru, the teacher, who is thus removed by thy knowledge. That veil of ignorance from my eyes, I was blind on account of that veil of ignorance, account of cataract of ignorance. And the teacher has removed that cataract. Shalaka means a, with a, a fine instrument. Surgeon takes a fine instrument and removes that cover. And so also the teacher with his fine instrument of the knowledge and inquiry has removed that veil from my eyes. And thus now I can see the truth. So, to such a teacher, my salutation. <coughs> hmm. And then, what happens? What we call the Vikshepa Shakti, or the projecting power, what does that do? <coughs> Anaya Avratasya Atmanaha Kartratva Bhoktratva Sukhitva Dukhitvadi Samsara Sambhavana Api Bhavati Yatha Swagnyanena Avrutayam Rajvam Sarpatva Sambhavana When there is this veiling or concealment, then there is a potential of projection, not otherwise. If the veiling is not there, projection cannot be there. If the rope is seen as rope, there is no possibility of projection of a snake. But when the rope is not seen as a rope, then there is a projection of a snake or anything else. Projection of a snake or a garland or any other thing. That is the sambhavana. Sambhavana means possibility of projection is there only when avaranam or veiling is there. The idea is that that vikshepa shakti or the power of projection cannot function independent of the power of concealment. First the concealment or avaranam should be there and then alone vikshepa or projection can be there. Or projection of vikshepa can be effective only when there is what we call avaranam or concealment. So anaya avrutasya atmanah 
anaya by this power of projection by this power of concealment avrutasyaatmanah of the self that is veiled by this power of concealment adi avarana shakti kartrutva bhoktrutva sukhitva dukhitvaadi samsara sambhavana and because of project concealing the true nature of the self there is what we call the projection the complexes the notions what is it kartrutva the sense of doership bhoktrutva the sense of enjoyership pramatrutva the noership sukhitva being happy dukhitva being unhappy so all these various notions are projected upon the self when the self is veiled by the power of ignorance by the power of concealment for a wise man when the power of concealment goes away there is no projection of kartrutva bhoktrutva see the reason why this model is given to us and it's a very beautiful model of avarana and vikshepa how vikshepa the projection is effect only when avarana or concealment is so just as there is avaranam and vikshepa with reference to the self so also there is avarana vikshepa with reference to the world what is in effect brahman alone upon that is a projection of this whole creation of name and form so there also there is avaranam and vikshepa concealment and projection now what happens for a wise man when the avarana shakti go the ignorance goes away by the knowledge the avaranam or the veiling goes away then even if the vikshepa or the projection in the form of name and form is there then also there is no delusion the delusion is there only when the avaranam or the concealment is there by in the light of knowledge that concealment goes away and therefore the wise man is able to appreciate brahman in spite of the projection of name and form just as for example when you do not know the person that he is an actor you project upon him the sense of beggarliness and you call him a beggar then when you come to know there is not a beggar he is an actor acting as beggar then that avarnam or the veiling goes away then even though you see a beggar you do not project the beggarliness anymore and therefore the seeing the beggar is not a problem when you know that the beggar is false and similarly also when the wise man knows this projection of name and form is false well then there is no problem with dealing with the names and forms <coughs> in this case about the self it is said that when the true nature of the self is veiled then there arises a possibility of projection of kartrutva bhoktrutva sukhitva dukhitva meaning doership enjoyership etc all this the possibility of this projection so notions arises yatha sva ajnanena avrutayam rajvam sarpatva sambhavana just as again another illustration just as when the rope is veiled by ignorance then there is sambhavana there is the possibility of projection of the snake or any other notion there so also when the sense self is veiled there is a possibility of veiling i mean projection of this sense of doership enjoyship etc and there is samsara what is wrong with the sense of doership what is the wrong with sense of enjoyership why do they call it samsara why is it suffering it is the cause of suffering because when i say that i am doing this or i have done this work there is an identification that work that i did it then if the work is branded as successful i am successful if that work is that i mean is judged as unsuccessful and i am unsuccessful 
So this Kartrutu, the sense of doership, further creates the complexes of being successful and failure. When I am successful, I am elated, I am happy. When I am failure, I am unhappy, I am depressed. In this, these reactions of elation and depressions are also the result of Kartrutu and Bhaktrutva. And therefore, those things which only help me in being successful, they naturally, they have become those whom I like and those which create in me a sense of failure or they obstruct my success, naturally they become the objects of my dislike or aversion. And thus arise what we call the attachments and aversion and thus dependence. So these reactions, all of them arise ultimately from Kartrutva. So Kartrutva, Bhautrutva, sense of enjoyership. That I am an enjoyer is samsara. When I am an enjoyer or experiencer, the experience are either pleasant or painful. If experience is pleasant, I am happy. Experience is painful, I am unhappy. There is naturally therefore in me a desire to seek a pleasant experience and avoid unpleasant experiences. And this I am constantly working and constantly trying to fight against the reality of life. I am trying to change the realities of life to make them suitable to me. Or again I try to influence the reality of life by avoiding what is unpleasant to me. And this constantly interfere. Constantly I project upon the realities and therefore there is a constant conflict. So understand how the sense of enjoyership or experience and the sense of doership constantly brings about on my part an effort to change things. I cannot take things as they are and therefore there is a constant conflict or a battle against the realities of life. In fact, we are only battling against truth, nothing else. Unable to accept the truth. When I have a distorted perception of my own self, I am unable to accept the truth of life also. I cannot accept things as they are because I brand them as failure, I can't accept them. I brand them as unpleasant, I can't accept them. So moment there is a doer, there is an enjoyer, then the doer and enjoyer must be supported and Anything that supports becomes something that I like. Anything that threatens, that becomes naturally an object of my dislike. That's how these reactions are born, conflicts are born, and thus, so samsara is kartrutva bhaktrutva. That is called samsara, understand? Kartrutva, the sense of doership, I am a doer. Bhaktrutva, sense of enjoyership, I am an enjoyer. So these are the fundamental complexes or notions which bring about all further notions. <coughs> this sambhavana or possibility of samsara, samsara such as this arises only when there is the avana shakti or the power of concealment is functioning where the true nature of myself is veiled from myself. <coughs> okay. Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Vadarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavantau Punah Punah Ishvaro Guru Ratmeri Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyakta Dehaya 
ಲಕ್ಷಣಮೂರ್ತ ನಮಃ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಹರಿ ಓಂ ಶ್ರೀ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹರಿ ಓಂ